Hi there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five points of journalism. Who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives. You're listening to episode 30, where we chat with Pollyanna. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right, Pollyanna, so who are you? I am a white cis female. I am a country girl originally, and now I live in the city, and that's kind of part of who I am. I am an educator, a mommy, a wife, a girlfriend. I'm poly, kinky. I think that's it. I'm a hippie. Does that count? <laughs> that yeah, counts. totally counts. It's an identity. However you want to identify. That's it. <laughs> um, so what drew you to poly? Um, I think for my husband and myself, we've been together since I was 17, and we met when I was 14. Wow. wow. So it's been a minute. I'm 36 now, so it's been a little bit. And we were together for a long time before we got married, like four and a half years. And through the four and a half years, we did lots of beginning relationship type stuff, like one person cheating on the other person, and one person not being very good in how they communicate their dissatisfaction of the cheating. And Well, you were um, like 20 years I old. Was, I, I, I was like 19, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have all my brain there yet. No. And we ended up, we moved all the way across to Hawaii from Wisconsin. And that was part of our relationship, like how we evolved together because we left everything that we grew up with and went to a different place. We were able to redefine ourselves. And when we were there, we talked about lots of stuff, like why the cheating? Why did we um, communicate the way we did? What did we want to communicate like? We'd never heard of Polly before, um, but we had talked about all the kind of stuff a lot of Polly people do. And then when we came back to Wisconsin and got married and did all that stuff, um, I was reading a book called The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Hmm, and sure. there's a, a open relationship in there. And that was the first time I was like, oh, that's interesting. And look, it's, I mean, it's not entirely healthy because she's not healthy. But <laughs> right. it was the first time I saw it in action that it wasn't like a big dramatic triangle thing going on. Right. That wasn't the thing that made her unhealthy. <laughs> right. It was just part of how she was living. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so my husband and I had talked a long time about what are relationships, what are marriages. We almost didn't get married because we didn't really see the point, but our families kind of pressed that into us. And if they're paying for it, why not? <laughs> and uh, we decided to just talk about what it would be like if we didn't. We spent about a year chatting about it, um, during which time I'd had my second child. So like, there was a good year there where we were sleepless zombies anyway, so we didn't want to try anything new and different that was going to put a strain right, on that anything. That seems like a bad time to make right. big life changes. Yeah, don't yes. do that when you have small humans. Um, and, at least not for me. Right. Um, and I think it was shortly after that, I had gotten an email randomly from OkCupid, because it used to be spark.com, yeah. and you used to take all these quizzes, like when yes. I was in high school and college. And it had changed into the dating site. And so I went ahead and checked my email because I was like, that's weird. There's an email for me. And it was about this. This guy was like, I'm in an open relationship um, because my wife is really sick and we can't have any kind of physical relationship. But you seemed really cool based on your profile, which was a profile I didn't know existed. And hmm. um, and we started chatting about that. And my, my husband and I just talked very openly about everything. He was like, well, go meet him. See what it's like. Wow. Like, oh, okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And we we talked for a long time. We never actually met. Um, 
Interesting. We yeah, we we talked for like nine months. Wow. Uh, back and forth, but we never actually met. He was a couple of states over. Through all of that, uh, my husband and I went ahead and found the poly community in Milwaukee because um, your previous partner yes. had messaged me also on OkCupid okay oh. and was like, "Hey, you should come check out the community." Um, and so that like almost a year to the day that my daughter was born, we went to our first poly meetup. Wow. And that was because your daughter's a She's couple eight, years old, so right? Yeah. Seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a little awesome. while ago. I didn't know that. I did not know that Jay yep. had messaged you. That's yep. really funny. Yep. Yeah. Small it was, it was, walkie. It was, it was completely walkie, yes. like, hey, saw your profile. Um, don't know if you're poly, but um, you should come check this out. I was like, oh, sure, why not? Let's nice. go check it out. So the poly universe was like summoning you. It was. It was like, come <laughs> here. Like, there's a book and there's this person. And they're like, get over here. You need to be here now. Right. That was the question, right? How'd you be poly? Yeah. How did you, what, what drew, drew you to poly? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was what drew, and yeah. That, yeah. Like, literally, you were yeah, like, drawn. Yeah, literally, somebody literally, like yeah. lassoed us and was like, come <laughs> here. You need to be part of us. <laughs> yeah. I think in the beginning, we were really all about uh, networking and mm-hmm. getting people. And, and yeah, we've. We just hit uh, our 10-year uh, anniversary, so that would have been pretty close yep. to the beginning of the of the group. Um, so what does polyamory mean to you? So polyamory to me means, I mean, it's going to be very similar to what a lot of people say, I think. Um, polyamory means to me that I don't have to put any cultural holds on how I define my relationship. Um, I can kind of decide that for myself. Um, I have a couple of very good friends, and we've been talking about what, platonic means because platonic means apparently different things to different people i guess oh, like most words really interesting i guess like most words but that was that was new to me huh. um and my boyfriend and actually were talking about what platonic meant to the two of us and we had different definitions of what that meant which we well gosh now i want to know what so how, what platonic means to you so platonic to me means just no sex however you define sex um, platonic to my boyfriend does not mean that. Platonic to my boyfriend means no sex and no like attraction or desire mm-hmm. for sex. Oh, interesting. So um, it's about feeling as well as about action. I think, yeah, I think it's about like intention and unstated intention almost. Interesting. Um, so the question was? Uh, it was what, what does polyamory, polyamory mean so, to you? I just got yes, distracted. Sorry, by I did too. other interesting words that I did have too. more complex definitions than we realized. Um, mm-hmm. So poly to me means like when you have that friend that's not strictly platonic by my boyfriend's definition, mm-hmm. but platonic by mine, um, you can explore what that means without any holds. Yeah. Uh, what, if anything, do you find difficult about polyamory? So many things difficult. Um, I think that there's a really steep learning curve. Um, I think it takes a lot of people a very long time. And I think just as people think they've got it figured out, like life, something else happens, and then it's just a totally new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And people think that it's almost like parenting, right? There's a steep learning curve for parenting as well, right? (laughs) Um, And so when you think you got the thing figured out, all of a sudden you're in a different stage and there's like a whole bunch of new things to learn. Holy crap. Like, Mm -hmm. how am I going to do this now? Right. and so for me, it's the it's definitely like the learning curve, the ever changing nature of it. I guess that could be you could say the same thing. What's what's difficult about relationships? And it's the, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, timing, I think, is the common thread as well. Having time, having energy. Um, I consider myself polysaturated because of all the things. Yeah. Um, 
And even when you're when you're polysaturated, you still have that desire, right? You're like, oh, but I this could shoehorn this person really in there. Interesting, right? If only I had more time in my life. Well, if I did yeah. this while I'm doing that, no, 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 <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> so, um, when did you know you were poly? I struggle with this one because I'm not sure where I land on the identity versus the the self identification mm-hmm. on this. Um, I think I was pretty happily monogamous. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think I could probably be pretty happily monogamous as long as I was being fully fulfilled in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a I'm a very busy person. I'm an overscheduler type person. And so um, I don't like just surfing out the day. I like having things to do and having a goal for the day. Um, and so for me, I think being poly helps me feel like I'm building towards something usually with somebody um so that being said I don't know if I mean I am Polly. I'm not sure when that happened mm-hmm. um I'm not sure if it'll always happen sure. it's more fluid for me um and maybe I'll change my mind on that too maybe one day I'll be like no I'm Polly in my soul you can't take it away <laughs> um so sure um when if ever did you feel different uh, always constantly um I grew up in a very, very small town, and my dad was the town freak. Like, literally, mm-hmm. he was the town freak. Um, he was bipolar, schizophrenic, and many other diagnoses besides, and a lot of it was undertreated. Um, so freak not in a fun, sexy, not fun Not in a fun, way. sexy, fun time way. <laughs> like in a put on boxing gloves, run around the lake, and box the telephone poles kind of way. Wow. Not okay. kidding. Yeah. Like, truly, p- people called him Rocky as, like, making fun of him and he thought it was hilarious and awesome and thought he was cool Mm. oh it was yeah like the entire town bullied him basically and and Mm -hmm. he didn't really know didn't really know he was like look everyone recognizes me i'm a town celebrity oh god Mm. oh dad so um i grew up as the kid of that in this small town um i was always weird and different um my brother struggled and struggles with a lot as well and so i was often identified as like So the good child, which is a terrible, awful thing for everybody involved. Terrible for my brother, terrible for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just think really divergently, like I'm an outside the box thinker. In fact, I don't even know where the box is. It's somewhere. Maybe I fold it up. I hear there's boxes. I hear there's boxes. (laughs) I don't know anything about them. Um, And so like, you know, I'm the person that when you're walking along and there's like a little trail to the right, I'm like, well, I'm going to go that way because let's see what's I want to know what's down that way. Everyone's going this way. Um, and I've kind of always been that way. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people come on here, when were you different? And I think everybody is different. I think everybody feels that way at some point. Um, I have been called the the black sheep. I've been called the strange person many times. Um, but then like I'm presenting like just a regular little mommy from the Midwest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Undercover. Undercover. <laughs> I, I relate very strongly I bet you to do. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So where do you feel you are in your poly journey? Uh, still going. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, You're on that little trail? That I'm you on that little trail. <laughs> yeah, check it out. <laughs> um, so right now, I guess it, this would be a good point to explain like my relationship. So mm-hmm. um, I've been with my husband forever, basically. Um, we're the best of friends. We're co-parents. We have a house together. We bought a house so that my mom and sister could come move in with us so that we have a multi-generational household happening right now, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Uh, and my, so it's like a very stable, it's, I mean, I guess it would be considered primary, but 
nesting? Nest, it's nesting. It really is. It's nesting. Um, and he dates on and off. He had a couple of very long-term relationships, but he's been um, off the dating scene for a while, and he's just coming back in now. Um, and then my boyfriend and I have been together for nearly six years. He's an expat um, from the UK, and he doesn't know how long he's ever going to stay in the US. When we first started dating, it was like, well, I might be here a couple of months, I don't know. And then six years later, he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe <laughs> might be I don't know. Months, might I don't be here a couple of months, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so uh, those are kind of the two relationships in my life um, that are the major romantic ones. But I have a lot of other friends that are, again, this weird platonic thing that we've been hashing out, um, who I'm very close with emotionally, um, but there's nothing physical really going on. And so in my poly journey, I guess I'm just still evolving right now. I don't know. It feels like I've been like, for lack of a better word, in a holding pattern for a while. Everything's really good and mm -hmm. fulfilling and amazing. And I wouldn't change anything right now. Don't fix it if it's not broken. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like everything's perfect right now. Um, I don't the know. The way you're describing it, it sounds like even though it's perfect right now, you don't anticipate that this is going to be how it is forever. Exactly. Yeah. So like maybe the holding pattern's bad, but like I'm at a plateau right now where everything's amazing and wonderful, but I also know that it's the scenery will change. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess both scared and excited about how that scenery may change whenever that's going to be, maybe right. in a couple months, I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, that sort of has an implied answer to the where do you hope to go mm. part of the question, which is, sounds like somewhere, but <laughs> where is yeah. still to be determined? I mean... And so also when? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I've always been open to the possibilities. Um, I always thought everybody thought this way, which I think is how often people think about mm -hmm. other people's thought patterns. I plan everything about a year in advance. And when I think about things that I'm doing now, I think about, you know, well, what would happen in a year if I did this? What would happen? Ooh. And I just always think that way. And so, like, if I'm going to finish my master's, what does that mean for me in a year? If I'm going to take this class, what does that mean for me? And so that's just how I think. Um, and so, like, in a year from now, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm hoping that um, as far as Polly goes, uh, whatever goes on with my relationship with my husband continues to be as it is. It's We've always talked about remaining the same until our youngest is 18 and does the flying out of the nest thing, mm -hmm. at which point I imagine we may come back and be like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? What do we want to do? We have this ginormous house that we don't need anymore. Um, as far as my boyfriend goes, I, I really don't know. He's he's his own creature. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen with him? Um, we've talked explicitly about what it means if he does move away and or when he moves away, because I don't know that he'll retire here. Right. Um, at some point, at he will some point, probably he's leave. probably leaving. <laughs> um, I have to keep saying that out loud. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about what that would look like. Um, and we've grown greatly from like at the time he's like, well, it's just done and it's done. To right, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, stab my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to now, it's more like, well, there's this thing called a comet, and maybe that's what we'll be, and it'll we'll travel together, and we'll be together sometimes, but maybe, maybe you not get to visit the UK a couple times. And maybe which is well, fun. even yeah. if he goes to the UK, he might not even go back to right. the UK. Well, he may right. stay here. I don't know. Um, but what that would look like then, like, I think at this point we're sewn together enough that clean break isn't a thing that would happen. Mm -hmm. So why do you think you are poly? If that is kind of how you identify at the moment? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do identify as poly right now. Um, I think I'm poly because it makes 
sense. It's um, I'm a very scientific person. I'm not religious even a little bit, even though I want to believe in ghosts and I want to believe in God and I want to believe in aliens. I have no evidence. Um, please come prove me wrong, aliens. Um, <laughs> but just that one. But just, <laughs> and the rest. Or anybody else. Sure, like fine. To come, come on down. Buddha, I, got, I got dinner for you. Um, I think for me, it, it fills part of that um, wanting things to do and people to hang out with. I'm a people-oriented person. I'm 100% the definition of an extrovert. Um, and I think also it's it helps me buck kind of the patriarchy that has ruled our female lives for eons and millennia. Mm-hmm. It feels very freeing to be like, no, fuck you. Um, I'm going to share my cunt with whoever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, uh, watch me mm-hmm. or don't. Um, it, it's a very freeing thing. I, I mm-hmm. like the idea of... Whenever I wear like my resist my resist shirt, I'm, part of me is always like, and I'm resisting with my cunt too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, I love that. So yeah, like in my head, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably why I identify right now. Mm-hmm. And why did you agree to be interviewed? Um, I agreed to be interviewed because I've been listening since the beginning, and it's super cool and good job, and I've been enjoying it. And I feel like I'm, I'm kind of on the outskirts of the community. I don't participate super a lot, but I know a lot of the people and. Um, I have some, a lot of experience with rules and boundaries and the thing I'm going to talk about later. Um, we certainly did all of the pitfalls that everybody ever did at the beginning. What? How long? How many years have you said your relationship was? You guys were with my husband in, when you were 17. I was 17. So in 2001, December 2001, we started dating. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so almost 20 years. In yeah. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, <laughs> in March, right? In March 2012 is when we opened our relationship. When I think about how long I've been with Rob, which is like, I should probably actually do the math, but it's around eight years, maybe nine, mm-hmm. um, and how much we've gone through and how yeah. much I've learned when I hear about people who have been in a relationship, uh, closed or open, but for like 20 30 years I'm like how much have you learned Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm so excited about that you know like I'm I'm, I think that it's really really cool but also like almost it's hard to imagine because I'm like I've already learned so much and and I am still like learning every day we we just had a big kind of blow up recently and I was like whoa I didn't know this could happen oh man (laughs) how how long have we been together wow okay things I can still learn things about you Mm -hmm. neat yeah. yeah, we like to think we're at the top of our game, and then we're like, oh, but the game just got harder. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Leveling up. Leveling up. Yep. Yes, yeah. <laughs> New boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Well, we are going to get into the topic pretty soon, but before that, we're going to take a short break. The Toolshed is a mission-driven, education-based sex toy store located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. More than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body-safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. 
The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non-monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in-person and online private consultations for people who have in-depth questions about any of those things, as well as other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2019, at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. All right, so we are back, and today we're going to be talking about rules, boundaries, and procedures. So um, definition-wise, what would you say the difference between rules, boundaries, and procedures are? So this is not the end-all be-all, obviously. This is just my sitting here and trying to come up with these really quick. Um, for me, rules are things that somebody has established that you're, you can't cross. That's a rule. Um, if you break it, there's usually some kind of punitive consequence. Mm -hmm. um, a boundary is like a personal thing that you make for yourself. And if people cross that over, then you need to do something about it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't, then that's not a boundary. Um, and for me, procedure is more like how things run, like the processes around. For example, at my house, the first person who's up makes coffee. That's just the way it is. And if you don't, you're kind of the asshole for the mm -hmm, day because mm -hmm. you were supposed to make coffee. Sure. Um, if you run out of toilet paper, you put the toilet paper, like the procedures that just make things run more smoothly. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in my relationship, I every Wednesday is my date night with my boyfriend. And that's it's not a rule. It's not a boundary. It's just like the procedure. Like that's what we do. And sometimes I have things going on. And so I can't go. Or sometimes he's out of town working. And so he can't go. But it's just the procedure. Right. Mm -hmm. Your default setting. It's default, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like to say when I talk about rules and boundaries that I I feel like rules are placed on other people where mm -hmm. our boundaries are kind of self-imposed, uh, mm -hmm. right? The, the, your boundary is something that uh, is important to you and your your safety or your body autonomy. and But a rule is oftentimes something you can you impose on someone else. Mm -hmm. And in that way... It's, it's hard to say that there are any ethical rules because it's often putting a restriction on someone that they wouldn't... In a relationship context. In a relationship mm -hmm. context that they that they might want to break, right? Because mm -hmm. why would there be a rule there unless there was a, a possibility that they would break it, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the examples I use that are like very poly-relevant are, say, regarding personal safety, mm. Because it, this is uh, one that comes up the most often is condom usage. Mm. A rule could be you must wear condoms when you are with anyone else outside of our relationship. Mm -hmm. A boundary would be I need to feel safe in this relationship. If you decide not to wear condoms, then we're going to wear condoms in our relationship or I'm going to protect myself in some way because mm -hmm. that's my body. I'm protecting my body and I'm not imposing something on someone else. And I feel like putting a restriction on someone even in a really good like 
we're all protecting each other kind of way, even if it is uh, ethical, maybe even to say like, hey, be safe, forcing someone to do something they might not otherwise want to do isn't ethical. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that can sometimes be a controversial statement because especially in the poly world, we love our rules, you know, like all of us are they I mean, it's like people talk about it in poly 101 all the time. We'll establish rules for the relationship mm-hmm. and then uh, agree to those rules. And I'm like, well, <laughs> is it agreement then? And then um, if you have a rule where you don't sleep over at other people's houses, is that a rule or is there a consequence? Mm-hmm. What happens if you drink too much? What happens if you uh, your car breaks down? What happens to the person who was not part of the rulemaking process? Right. Mm. Can you make rules over someone you don't know yet? Right. No, you absolutely can't. And I often like to ask people with established rules, what's the consequence? You know, mm-hmm. will you end the relationship? No, probably not. Right. Because most rules are kind of superficial, like sleeping right. over at someone else's house or or even maybe uh, condom breaking. Like that's a rule that could be broken on accident mm-hmm. and happens all the time. Right. I think for me, um, in general, rule, and this is like a general, all rules are there for safety. Like the whole point, I think, that people make rules and laws in general, societally, is for safety, mm-hmm. right? With the safety in mind. Um, and I think that's true in poly as well. People want to feel safe and secure, which is why you find them at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's bad to have, I call them training wheels. I think a lot of people do. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. Um, I don't think it's bad to have training wheels because when it falls and you bust your knee, it kind of hurts. Like that, that, that fucking sucks. Um, and you learn. <laughs> and you and you learn, but you also maybe are less likely to get back on that bike. Right. Um, and I think that can be the case. And if case. you fall and there were training wheels, right. you might not fall and crash as hard. Right. Um, or you might look at the training wheels and be like, wow, those aren't working. What what do I need to change? Maybe I'm not a bicycle person. Maybe I need to go get myself a scooter. <laughs> right. right. Um, or what if I just tried one training wheel? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Maybe um, then I could learn a little better balance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... I can I can see the utility of them because again I I think all rules and and laws are for safety. Um, that being said, as soon as you tell me no, <laughs> and I think that's true for lots of people. As soon as you tell rules me no, are meant to be broken. Like yeah. I look at the speed limit, and I'm like, okay, fifty, huh? Okay, so I'm going fifty-five. Like, yeah, and that's just my mentality. I right. think that's most people. Well, I think it really depends. Like there are people who are really rule oriented mm-hmm. and. Like, I look at my two kids. My two kids have completely different orientations towards rules. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. one of my children is a rule follower. And we have this totally weirdly messed up situation with our school buses right now where we've been assigned a bus stop that is further away than another bus stop <sighs> on the same bus going to the same destination. Oh, my God. Like, this is stupid. This is the kind of rule that stupid. I believe should be yeah. completely ignored. But the school won't officially change the bus stop until <sighs> September 20th. That's convenient. After they've been in school for seven Six. weeks. That's super convenient. Look I was at like, them. hmm. Um, so I was just like, nope, you know what? We're just going to go to the stop by our house and not to this other stop that is further away and more convenient. And one of my children was like, but we, but the card says that we are assigned to the bus stop at this location. And catch I, I want to go to the one we're supposed to go to. Like, <laughs> okay. If you want to do that, you can. <laughs> but I like I look at him like, why would you even want to do that? Like, right. I just can't even imagine it. But he really feels very strongly that like, no, it's the rule. Sure. But, you know, like you, I'm like, oh, there's a rule. Well, that rule doesn't really make sense. Right. 55 or it's sunny out and flat and mm-hmm. there's no traffic. I'm going 55 now. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, so, I mean, in that sense, utility to me, I'm a pragmatic person. And so I can see the need for them at the beginning when people are scared mm-hmm. and they need to feel safe. Um, I think the, the problem comes in, and I've heard you say it before, it's the gotcha. It's the consequence. Mm-hmm. Like setting up a rule because you want to get them. Right. And, right. and it almost becomes a game at that point. Like, you know, they're going to go, they're going to get them whether they like it or not. And at that point, you have to reexamine, or why are you doing this in the first place? I think. Right. Well, and I think that all rules, and hopefully before they're broken, mm-hmm. should be examined maybe. And I know um, my partner and I do this the year and the day, like mm-hmm. after our anniversary, we'll have a, a sit down and really talk about our relationship. And that for, and maybe it wouldn't be a year for people who are in a new relationship, but um, after a few months or something, re-examining after opening up the relationship do we think these rules are mm-hmm. necessary? Do we think these are ethical or problematic? How are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we feeling Where are a little we? more comfortable? Are we on the same page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, always talking about those rules and having them. And that's why I also really don't like calling them rules. Because if they are fluid and if they are changing, are changeable. Then they're not rules. Then they're not really rules, right? right? Like, I don't. Um, so I think that knowing if you're in a new relationship and you're making rules, that they're probably going to change, that mm-hmm. those are not going to be there forever is an, is a, is a, a better way to go about it. Um, but really thinking that like all of these rules, your 10 commandments of the relationship are going to be there forever. Ugh. It's so unrealistic. I agree. Um, and when my husband and I first opened up, we had all kinds of rules. In mm-hmm. fact, I remember going to one of the discussions and it was about making rules and boundaries in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I went home that night and we did our homework, <laughs> right? We made our list, each of us on our own, of things that we needed and things we wanted. And we came together and we said, okay, when you're with a new partner, we have to know before you do the physical thing, whatever that physical thing is. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was broken pretty early on. Immediately. It was yeah. Pretty early on. Because what are you going to do? <laughs> Stop making out, make a right. phone call to your hey, husband. Hey, honey, is it okay if he I'd, touches my tits? I'd really like <laughs> to go to second base now. That's yeah. cool. And also, honestly, what kind of uh, conversation would that be for your husband? Would they want that? They're like sitting at home watching TV and get interrupted and being like, what the fuck? Like, and right <laughs> now, weird he's touching thing. her tits. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Now I can't concentrate on Doctor Who. Damn <laughs> <Right>. it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I remember it being broken. I remember, and, and at the time, not to out my husband here, but he was the first one. He was mm-hmm. the first offender. And I remember being... He broke scan- our rules. I was scandalized. Well, this isn't going to work if we can't even agree to the agreements we made together. Right. And I just, I remember being so scandalized. And looking back, I mean, obviously, a lot of embarrassment and a lot of like, oh, baby Polly. Mm-hmm. baby Pollyanna you mm-hmm. did not know what you're doing and recently when my husband's now been dating again after being um, off the scene for about two years we've talked about you know what are the things we wish we would have known early on and mm-hmm. oh that's a- and that was the first one I was like boy I really wish I would have known we did not need that yeah. that was a skip mm-hmm. that was a step we totally could have skipped that was an argument we didn't need to have that was some hurt we didn't need to carry around. Yeah. And like that sense of betrayal is still yeah. there, even though the role was kind of stupid, right? The, like it doesn't matter because you I, agreed to it. So you're right. like, well, you betrayed me now. And I was way less upset about what had happened and much more upset about the fact that I'd put this boundary there or this rule there mm-hmm. and it was broken. 
Mm-hmm. So what did you broken, think? Mm-hmm. Broken. Broken. Echo, echo, echo. Mm-hmm. And what, did, what does that mean about our relationship? Ship, ship, ship. Right. right? Yes, yes, um, so. Are we doomed? Doomed, doomed, Right. Doomed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I see the utility. I really do. And I also think, you know, maybe don't do that. It's a trap. Mm-hmm. Since then, we have our boundaries and we have our procedures. And I mean, the, the big one obviously always is going to forever be communication, right? You got to talk about what your expectations are and the how pragmatic it is whatever you're thinking of doing i mean i think that's really key like yeah. you know you expect that a person is going to be home at a particular time and they're not home you're going to worry mm-hmm. and so you need to have a conversation like if you're going to sleep over i need to know so i'm not worrying about right. maybe you had a car accident or right. mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. or- and also knowing that sometimes they're going to forget too and fuck sure. that right. up yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah. yeah. but and i not mean, be all like, pissed off about yeah, it yeah right mm-hmm. but they need to understand like then you're going to worry and so yes. when right. you call at one in the morning like where the fuck are you like oh shit i'm so sorry i didn't call right mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of how fucking dare you call me right. right and i and i think the other big thing too at least for me with um boundaries and procedures are it's the thoughtfulness yes. um you don't want to be thoughtless you want to think of your partner so for example um if i'm going to be out with somebody um, my, so my boyfriend and I, we have this thing where when I go somewhere, if I'm road tripping or whatever, he's a big worrier, I glimpse him. It's an app where it, it automatically shows where you're going and where you are on that journey and how fast you're going and all the things. So when I'm taking so this stock ro- app. It's a little bit. It's a little stalker <laughs> app. Um, but, I mean, you know, some people like yeah, that. Like, but, but he's he's a very anxious person. Yeah. Um, and, and he just likes to know what's going on. And what he'll often do then, if I'm like on a long road trip with the kids, I'll put him on there and then he'll actually like hey you're about to hit bad traffic get off here and he'll reroute me oh that's sweet like it's super sweet oh, it's it's wow. not it's not the bad the kind of stalker of stalking. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the benefits of stalking. um i it, mean i say that truly with the utmost no yeah, like, yeah it creeps me out but i have a ton of friends who totally do love that, all the that or mm-hmm. who are the anxious person like your partner mm-hmm. or like and I was driving a friend of mine's partner somewhere once and we were going to meet her and we missed the turn and then the phone rang and she was like, hi, <laughs> hey, where are you going? And I was like, oh my God, what are you fucking talking wow, about? Wow, that is weird. It completely freaked me <laughs> Helpful, out. Helpful, but very, very strange. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I knew that they had this stalker app with each other. So I knew sure. how she knew. Sure. Because um, she was like, I can't believe you think that's creepy and stalkerish. And I was like, I can't believe you do that to you. <laughs> anybody. Like, people let you do that because I would not let you do that. You right. and I can never date. Right. <laughs> well, and I, this is only with him. Like, this is just yeah. part of our, and also, and he's my, yeah. my D in the DS. And mm. so it's part of our agreement in that, too. Like, he doesn't ever want somebody just dropping in on him. He wants to know when I'm going to be there, basically to the minute. Mm-hmm. And so I glimpse him before I go, and then and then he knows. And he's not, like, in the shower or mm-hmm. doing something else. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. And might be a good transition to some of the other things we were going to sure, talk about. Sure, yeah. Right. Uh, well, when we had first talked about this, I, I, I said that I call, and maybe not procedures necessarily, because mm-hmm. I feel like that is a little bit different. But when I talk about rules and boundaries, I also talk about agreements. Mm-hmm. And... You brought up something really interesting that you don't use agreements because... So in, in DS uh, terminology, I guess, um, when you have a power exchange relationship, which I'm in right now, um, I'm the S in a DS relationship, which, which means... For, yeah. So um, I'm the sub or the submissive in a dominant submissive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, anything we decide that are, quote, rules, unquote, are negotiated agreements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they are ongoing. They are agreed upon. Um, usually 
they have like a date at the bottom when these went into effect. And sometimes they'll even have a date of when they're no longer in effect. Wow. Um, and so every now and that then. That is serious negotiation. I mean, it, this is negotiation like way past 101. Um, mm-hmm. Advanced academic right. negotiation. Um, negotiation 311. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and these are things we, we will go over every now and then and be like, yeah, this is not something we're going to be doing anymore. Hey, we should add this thing. Um, and so it's just like a, a Google Doc because Google runs my world. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. With Google Docs are the best. <laughs> and every now and then we just visit it and, and update it. And we don't actually delete anything. We'll just put a strike through in the date that mm. it ended. Oh, that's cool. So that's you have an ongoing run mm-hmm. yeah, That's very cool. I, oftentimes when I say things like, all rules are unethical, somebody will say, what about in kink dynamics? Right. You know, like, and, uh, and that's... Totally and, and it different. is kind of hard to say, like, well, then they're consenting. And I'm like, well, they're consenting to rules otherwise mm-hmm. as well. And you can consent to something unethical. Um, and you can consent to something that's kinky and maybe dangerous, mm-hmm. but not unethical because it's mm-hmm. consensual. I don't know. It's so hard to say. Well, and I would almost argue the other way that people who are in relationships where they put rules in are unknowingly in a DS relationship. <laughs> But both of them can be dominant and submissive and exerting I mean, yeah. control over They're each other. They're switching with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so just, yes. So, like, for us, we have a whole list of, of rules. There are rules, mm-hmm. our agreements um, that we come back to. And when you don't do one of those, it's there's a consequence that goes with it. Right. Um, and it's very much a consensual, I made most of them up. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the hey, sign your name, Mr. Dom, is also consensual, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's so, interesting because I feel like the consequence in you know breaking rules, relationship rules, that's not necessarily like something you consent to. I don't know. You don't be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to sleep on the couch. I don't know. I guess you would have to consent to it if you're going to do it, but um, in a certain sense, yeah, but it doesn't seem consensual. It's not. Right. I would say it's not consensual because mm-hmm. even though you're doing it, doesn't mean you're doing it freely of your own goodwill. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's a big difference to me in consent. Mm-hmm. It's the enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah there's consent definitely thing. no enthusiastic consent. Yeah, to like I really fucked up. I'm going on the couch. I'm mad, and yeah. Mm-hmm. When you had talked about before about rules being enacted because of safety, mm. personal safety definitely does. Um, factor into that and I think that when people are insecure about the relationship Mm -hmm. they can make rules with quote-unquote safety in mind that are problematic that are Mm -hmm. uh, kind of ridiculous if you like take them at face value and I think that's a way of people controlling their partner Mm -hmm. is you know enacting all these rules but it was really interesting I was talking with a coworker, and she's monogamous Mm -hmm. and she had an issue with her partner interacting with someone on Instagram that she did not agree with. Well, then. Which is the most monogamous thing I could ever hear. I was right? just like, what? What is that? You that is like the, are the, monogamous, are the monogs okay? Yes. Yeah. Are <laughs> right. you okay right now? And this is excessive control. Yes. And she was really, really trying to control her partner. And she said, you know, like, well, this is just, you know, it's a rule for me. And I was like, well, that's unethical. You're trying to control your partner. And I'm just going to tell you right now that's unethical behavior and you're kind of being abusive and she was like well in what you know and and i tried to explain to her the difference between boundaries and rules and she's like well then it's a boundary (laughs) well okay then (laughs) okay if you don't want me to call a rule fine i'll call it what you're calling it but with no change to what i'm actually meaning exactly there was no change there was no um there was no no difference to her Mm -hmm. because there's a way that you can word 
a rule and put it and I like to say it's a rule in boundaries clothing. Mm. Right. Uh, you can you can word a boundary saying like, well, if you speak to other women on Instagram, that's a boundary for me, even though that's not how boundaries work. Nope. Uh, I will leave a relationship if I'm in a relationship with someone who speaks to other women on Instagram. Except that probably <laughs> Except not. Except you probably won't. I will punish you it's for right. It's punitive. Mm-hmm. Women on Instagram and, and I will a, torture you over it perhaps. Mm-hmm. Well, but, and it's an ultimatum at that point, right? right? Because you're saying like, if you do this, um, maybe I'll break up with you, you know, like, so don't do that because and it's a rule, right? Whereas a boundary would be I won't talk to people on Instagram. Right. right. Like, I'm not going to do this to I'm our I'm not going to look at your Instagram anymore to see or you're doing that, this because yeah. it upsets me. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, you know, it, like your feelings, like I saw you, you know, say this thing to this other person on Instagram and it made me feel right. some kind of way. Like, okay, that's fine. And you can have a conversation about that. And even. let it be a conversation. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think rules in general, especially at the beginning, um, and jealousy are bedfellows. Yes. And absolutely. the fear, the more fear, the, the more, more fear there is, the more have. jealousy there is, the more likely you are to put rules into place that are not helpful. They're not mm-hmm. there to help build As the a house. sense of control. Yeah. Right. You want to control the situation. Right. The more rules. I mean, honestly, you could continue to make hundreds of rules mm-hmm. just to make, you know, control the situation. And, and that person is still going to find that other person's Instagram pictures <laughs> sexy or whatever right. that right. she was. It doesn't change anything. And you're right. probably still insecure. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All that happens is now nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so right. it's got, been driven underground where it can't be addressed. Well, and that's mm-hmm. where it's going to build all the resentment and everything exactly. else. And then your relationship will end, whether you like it or not, because yeah. it's going to grow. Yeah. Nothing's going to kill a relationship faster than resentment. No, it's like mold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps festering and festering. Yes, yeah. And then it kills you. Well, and when people are uh, asking me about, you know, well, then what is a boundary? What's what's a boundary for you? And I'll say, uh, my boundary is my partner can't hit me. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a boundary that has an absolutely direct consequence of if my partner abuses me physically, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move out of the house. I will make a plan for my, you know, financial security. I will divorce my husband. You know, like there are things that will absolutely happen if I am in a physically abusive relationship mm-hmm. and that might seem like a really extreme boundary, but it's also one that is almost just inherently assumed with most relationships. Right. right? Unless I guess you're consensually <laughs> hitting someone. Say, right? Unless you're asking yeah, for unless it, you're literally. Literally right, like, asking to be punished like, in that hey, way. Like, hey, put it on the calendar? It's yeah. been a while, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Consensually punished. Hey, what do you yeah. think? <laughs> but for me, you know. That's one of my boundaries. And so when I, I put it in that almost kind of like black and white terms of physical abuse, people are like, oh, oh, so boundaries are like serious. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, they can be really serious. Uh, and they could also be if you smoke in my presence, I'm going to leave the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something a little bit smaller, but I don't want to be around smoke. So right. I'll just exactly. leave. And I'll, I'll, I'll take my own body and leave the room. I'm not going to control you, but right. I don't want to be around it. Or like... I have plenty of fun sex that I will do lots of things with different people and some things that I will only do with somebody that Mm. I'm really in a more serious romantic relationship Mm -hmm. with. And those are my boundaries. Like, lots of things are on the table and a few things are only on the table later. Right. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. for these people. Right. At this time. Yeah. That reminds me of something that happens in the kink community. They call it changing the channel. 
So like if you're walking around at an event and there's somebody, you know, fucking somebody else and everyone's standing around watching and ooing and eyeing at whatever's happening. And then you go around the corner and there's somebody doing flesh hooks, <laughs> which if you don't know what those are, I'll explain them real quick. Please don't. Briefly. <laughs> I mean, you Maybe should. Maybe Google it. I don't know. No, we should. I'll just sit here and close my eyes and pretend not to listen because I am a wuss. It, it's like it sounds. It's a hook without barbs that goes into somebody's skin. And you can see it in lots of places that aren't kinky. No, it's true that there, there are people who are lots into being suspended mm-hmm. from them. And yep. it's not necessarily a sexual thing. Right. But but oftentimes people will go, will go around the corner. And that's a boundary for me. And they will walk away. And we call that changing the channel. It's not their responsibility to stop the action they're doing. It's your responsibility to remove yourself from watching it. Right. You're not going to go stop their scene. Right. Because that like, would be an asshole yeah, move. Right, super right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, I, I think that is a great example. And I love the calling it changing the channel because mm-hmm. it really puts it in the right perspective. Like, this is a thing you don't want to watch. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's you don't have to. It's super easy not to. Mm-hmm. Right. Walk you away. Know? Even mm-hmm. if you are a faint at needles person like me, mm-hmm. like, then you probably want to learn what's on the channels around you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so that you can avoid having to run change the channel. Mm-hmm. And instead, you can close your eyes when you walk past that doorway or, right. you know, whatever. But there are plenty of king spaces that couldn't possibly have flesh hooks right or fire oh, play yeah, or, or sure. needle play so like maybe that isn't the right dungeon right, so you for you exactly yeah. go to a different venue <laughs> yeah or you know find out ahead of time like hey what kinds of things are going to be permissible in this space and like oh okay so this is a so thing i'm I not have going to be there prepared mm-hmm. to deal with or mm-hmm. not go yeah. um, one of the things they talk about is when you're at an event like that and there's heavy consensual um non-consent going on like heavy heavy screaming bloody murder throughout the entire venue um and someone's like well i can't change the channel with that it's like but it's still not their responsibility to stop it's your responsibility to go find something else to do yeah not go to that venue. right yeah absolutely but it is also why sometimes you go to an event space and there's like okay we're gonna have medical play in this room Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then people like me don't go into that room ever (laughs) and there's always that room with coloring books and stuffed animals (laughs) yeah i'm going to be with the coloring books goodbye (laughs) I also kind of want to talk, I think especially in kink relationships, but it could be in in any dynamic, really, of the concept of pushing boundaries mm. and and what that means. I mean, I feel like it's mm-hmm. in a kink dynamic, it's not necessarily frowned upon. Maybe it is for some people, but there are definitely FetLife uh, profiles I've seen that are like, I like to push boundaries. Mm-hmm. I like to see how far you'll go. And I'm always like, you don't know what you're doing. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, I, and I think the major one there is, is again, the, like, enthusiastic consent. Right. Um, I will be, I'm somebody who likes to have my boundaries pushed. But I'm not talking about, like, safety boundaries in terms of not getting a sexually transmitted disease. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, like, I would like to be able to be punched hard enough to get a bruise. And... I would like that boundary pushed enough that I can get to that um, to that end. Mm-hmm. It's really, I mean, I can see where it can be bad, mm-hmm. but I mean, so can all kink relationships. Well, um, sure. I think all some of those yeah. things, it's like, well, it's one thing in an established or mm-hmm. developing relationship. Maybe it's not a great idea for a first date. Probably not. <laughs> well, you can't push a boundary you don't know. So right. like if, exactly. if they have been explained. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they try. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's true. You see people on FET who are, have that as mm-hmm. sort of their kink. And you're like, 
Well, to yeah. me, it sends up a red flag of, yeah. do you respect safe words? Right. Do you, does that mean that you're going to hear the safe word and be like, well, only if I hear the safe word once or twice or, mm-hmm. or like, three times, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Or do you respect no? Like, that's... Right. No is my safe word. You know, like, stop mm-hmm. is my safe word. So, like, when when people say they want to push boundaries, I get really... I'm, I'm, I'm just a lot more cautious around that person because I don't know if you're going to respect anything I say mm-hmm. or... or but if you're consensually pushing someone's boundaries, but then what is your boundary? Do they know your boundary or do you only know your boundary? I think at least in my experience, that's a very, in, like, you have that conversation later in the relationship and it oh, yeah. is something known to both parties. And like in my case, that's even something that they have these things called DMs, um, dungeon monitors, people mm, who mm-hmm. check for safety. Um, you even sometimes let them know. Because they'll see it as maybe something that's not supposed to happen or somebody's boundaries are not being respected. Hmm. Um, I know in many kink spaces, red is is the safe word yes. for anybody. And so if somebody's saying that, they'll come over and stop your scene whether you want it or not. Mm. Um, because that's just the established um, word. That makes a lot of sense. This is how yeah. this space works. And that's this how, is how yep. we can make it all, safe for everybody. Yep. I don't care if you don't concerned. have safe yeah. words. We do. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. you will use them or not. Oh, and right. as far as they're concerned, that dominant is not respecting the boundaries right. and not respecting the rules and mm-hmm. and probably also making a lot of people uncomfortable right around surrounding because right. yeah well i think the other thing is you know for me anyway when uh like early on in a relationship you don't want to see how hard you can push something like you want to kind of maybe leave a little more like well, if you like this, maybe, I love we'll, your maybe we'll dial up to 11. You know, maybe we'll dial up to five next time. I love your yeah. optimism. Um, that has not been my experience in the community. Um, there are people certainly like that. Um, I think that there's a lot of people who come in and they get blinded by this by the shiny. Yeah. Sure. And they want to do all the things. Um, well, how many how many new felt like profiles yes. do you see? I don't have boundaries. I don't, I don't have, have limits. Mm-hmm. I have no hard limits. And, you know, you'll be in the community for eight years and you're like, yeah, there's a point where you're like, mm. you'll be gone in six months. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I like to say puns are my hard limits. Like I have so many hard limits, right. you don't even know. So, like. well, and I think again, there are certainly some slippery slopes in there, but it comes down to knowing yourself, and you have to then have the boundary inside that if this person's not respecting what you say is okay, and you have said this is this is where my limit is, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not we're pushing boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, be ready to have the consequence of walking away. Right. Because um, the ultimate, well, and most consequences of pushing boundaries, not pushing, but breaking boundaries, mm-hmm. pushing past boundaries is the end of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to make a boundary and you're serious about it, then that will lead to the end of the relationship if that boundary is not respected. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's not a boundary. Right. Yeah. It might or might not happen immediately, but... Yes, is yeah, an unsustainable course. thing. Right. Yeah. It's not easy to leave a relationship. I, I, no. I like to say it's so much easier said than done. But when you're in an established nesting partner relationship, if you have kids together, it is not easy to just no. leave. So, no, it definitely is not. Yes, no. yeah. Um, As the divorced person in this conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. uh, to go back to your people saying that on Fat Life, though, with the boundary thing, I also think they're just using a different definition for boundary than you are. That's true. Um, and so there's some some dissonance there. Yeah. They're just saying, you know, oh, this person doesn't like to be spanked more than 10 times. I'm going to do it 12. And, and I'm edgy. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's very fair. So I wanted to talk about consent a bit. And I mean, definitely revolves uh, strongly around the like kink conversation. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Can you consent to unethical practices? 
Yes. Yes. So I I, I agree. Could I you, say heavily. Could you say and more about what's behind <laughs> that? Unsuredly. <laughs> um, that heavy I, sigh. I mean, and maybe this is going to be a very controversial thing to say. I think ethics are quite subjective. Fair. Yes, that's true. Um, and I'm, I'm probably having some people who've read a lot more philosophy than me wailing right now, <laughs> shaking their fist. Um, I, They're I, not here. You know what? Yeah. Philosophers can't even agree on ethics. It's true. So, um, so I'm, for, as, a, as a hard example, I, I really enjoy being uh, choked out. I really That's something I really enjoy. That is, first of all, for some people, completely unethical, like mm. you, that you could kill them. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. Um, for other people, it's completely unethical that I'm doing it with my boyfriend and not my husband. Um, for some people, it's completely unethical that um, I'm doing it and I have kids at home. Mm. Like I have responsibilities at home. Some people think it's literally like I'm brain damaged or mentally ill to ask for that. Mm. And so the idea of unethical for me is always a really slippery slope. Mm. For me, it's not unethical because I have weighed the risks. I've done my research. I've done my readings. I've gone to classes. Um, You're not doing this with random strangers? No, I'm not doing this with random strangers. Um, I didn't just pick them up at a bar and say, hey, put your hands around my neck. Um, I'm doing this with an established partner who's also done research and taken classes. And so all that to say, I don't think it's unethical. There are certainly other measures where it could be considered unethical. Mm -hmm. In the state of Wisconsin, you can't hit somebody consensually. Mm -hmm. That's not allowed. You can't consent to being hit. You can't consent to being hit. Like that's not allowed by the law. You can't consent to having your blood let mm. and so unless you're like unless you're a qualified blood? person yeah oh, unless I you're a qualified person um and these are both things that are very visible and around yeah. in the king community so the idea of ethics i i struggle with that sure so going back to your question can you consent to things that are unethical sure all the time because my own my ethics are different my ethics are different than yours yeah absolutely the reason why i had originally written that down in my notes was because oftentimes when like unicorn hunters are called Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. they'll be like well we consented to this and it's like well but nobody else did (laughs) nobody that you're dating consented to your agreement your particular relationship rules and agreements. But I think that's a great example of mm-hmm. what you were just saying, sure. Pollyanna, that the the third party didn't consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they may have consented to showing up on the date, but they didn't know about all the backstory mm-hmm. and all the we're not going to feel, we're only going to fuck you. <laughs> right, you know, right. Or whatever right. the other. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also wanted to bring up how often people make rules on things they have no control over whatsoever. Like I had a different coworker said, you know, we're opening up a relationship, but we're not falling in love. That's our rule. (laughs) And I was like, and I literally looked, looked at them and I was like, well, you can't make a rule. Uh, You have no control over that. And you're going to break that. And they were like, what? No, not at all. And then six months later, you told me I was going to do this. (laughs) And sure enough. Yep. Fell in love immediately. You were prophetic once again. (laughs) No, and I mean, I think in general, first of all, I fall in love a little bit with everybody I meet. Mm-hmm. That's just the kind of person I am. It's it's why I'm an educator. It's why I'm, uh, I have the community that I do. Um, and I think it's more than naive to think that you have any control over that. I fall in love with book characters. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, come my God, on. Yeah. And I'm not going to fall in love with a living, breathing human being. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Especially after there's been, like, intimacy developed between yeah. me and them. Of course I am. Like, and, and yeah. I know my love language. My love language is touch. If mm-hmm. I fuck them, I'm probably in love with them because mm-hmm. that's just how I work. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's super naive. Um, 
But I think that comes back to the idea that people will try to make rules to have control over the situation, but then... And for safety in an emotional safety, sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. I am afraid of how I will feel if you fall in love with someone else. Mm-hmm. So we just won't. Because mm-hmm. that, that's going to take away from the pie. That's, right. I'm going to have less pie mm-hmm. if I give your pie to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And I like pie. Mm-hmm. I want all the pie. I want all the pie. Mm-hmm. You can't give your pie to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say one of the one of the boundaries, I think, that there it might be a third person involved that I would actually advocate for is when we have children. For example, um, for me, I don't care. My friends, anybody I date, anybody I'm friends with, I don't care if my they have interactions with my kids. That's fine with me. But I do know people who are very like, I am not going to let somebody I'm newly dating or somebody um, who I don't know very well yet meet my kids. Mm-hmm. And I can understand that. I get that, even though that really is putting a rule on a third person who had no say in it. Right. Um, I and that's again that's a safety thing. Yeah. I, I yeah. get that. Yeah, I'm more willing to put myself in the situation to go have a drink with somebody I don't know than to let them meet me at the park with my kid. Oh, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's an outlier, right? That's yes. a reason I think rules are okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like at some point maybe this is just like in legal terms. Aren't you kind of like the control and uh, you're in control of your child until they're a certain age. (laughs) Legally? Kind of. Legally? Well, I mean, it is true. Your child doesn't have the theoretical capacity to consent Consent, or withhold their consent Mm -hmm. from this. And below a certain age, it's really true. Like, it becomes less true as they get older Mm -hmm. in actual reality, if not legally. But yeah, like, your child cannot control who comes into your house or who they want to interact with. They can presumably control, like, I don't want to, no, I'm not going to give you a hug. I don't want to give oh, you a yeah. hug or whatever. Right. Like, those kinds of, con- like, they have some bodily control. Right. But they don't have much big picture control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And So then I just, I've, I, what I meant to say is that almost like a boundary on putting an extension of yourself. Mm-hmm. I like to say that, like, she is uh, an extension of me. She is a part of me. But I think, and I, and I think if we probably noodled it around a while, there might be other small outliers like that mm-hmm. in which... I'm one of those people that looks for all the holes, right? So what are the absolute exceptions? Right, right. Where does this theory not work? Where, where, yeah, where does this not hold water? Um, and I think that is one place. There's probably more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on the whole, I would agree that rules placed, especially long term, are are not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that probably is pissing people off, but, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Unless, it's Unless your you thing. consent. Unless that's your thing. I'm with you on the, the title. <laughs> I think it is. I had written down it's a trap, but it's a trap. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's better to be pissed off. It's usually better than. Hmm. How did you phrase it? I just said it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Unless that's your thing. Right. All right. Cool. Well. Yeah, maybe. I, I like it's a trap, too. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Because we're all geeks here. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, as soon as you mm-hmm. said that. It's a trap. I was like, oh, we knew Admiral Ackbar for this. <laughs> all right. Was there anything else you wanted to add to this conversation? I don't think so. I think I got everything. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams. We'd like to thank podcast husband Rob for being our sound engineer. And thank you, Lindsay, for editing this podcast so that we sound smart. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored. Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com if you have a listener question or a comment. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button. 
If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution, we've set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at paypal.me slash polyamoryuncensored. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember, we love you. Bye.